With LinkedIn Jobs, we tap into a network of more than a billion professionals to help you find quality professionals quickly and easily for any role you need. Marketing wizards? Found them. Software engineers? Found. That project manager I could never seem to hire? And found. LinkedIn Jobs quickly matches your roles with candidates with the right skills and experience. In fact, 86% of small businesses get a qualified candidate within 24 hours. Post your first job for free and get started at linkedin.com slash spoken. That's linkedin.com slash spoken. Terms and conditions apply. Audio Frontier. It's Wrestling Daft, it is The Marks, how are you doing? Um, hailing from Larbor, weighing in at 185, I reckon it must be 185 pounds, the Euros have been on, we've been drinking lots of beer, been eating a lot of food, so I reckon 185 at the moment. I am John, producer of Wrestling Daft and the host of the show. Um, it's a two-man booth this week, um, the big man Alex is not feeling so good, he had his Covid jab, so he's um, just trying to recover from that and he's been drinking too much alcohol as well but however we are joined as ever by a man who has been loving a mirror selfie this week as he shows off his DD you know when you get the before and after uh, photos Gary has been doing that on his Twitter you can check his sexy bod out at Wrestling Gary it's Inside the Ropes Gary Cassidy how are you sir? Not too bad, I so um I went out the window yesterday, obviously, uh, Scotland playing and then um I think I've disclosed it on the on the show, but my yeah. fiance is Swedish, so yeah. also I was watching the Sweden match. So um, you know, over the past 14 weeks been doing DDPY, been getting myself in a wee I say in shape, getting out of shape, out of the, the shape that I was, which was a circle. Um so I managed to get the healthy eating, you know, drink a wee bit less than a normal yeah. day, then went to the pub yesterday. Oh, at the windy. Uh, the the biggest the biggest problem. I'm not sure if it's a problem. Something that's a good slash bad thing about you know the times we're living in, table service and all that. I was like, I must have had like quite a few pints yesterday. And obviously, you can now see how many you've ordered because you can just go back into your bank account yeah. and see. So I had about eleven pints, which adding up the calories is uh, probably. <laughs> when, uh, add up the calories. It's probably uh, took me back up to. <laughs> To the original weight I was after one day. You must have been <laughs> bouncing off the walls, sir. Jeez. I, I had a, a nice um a nice sleep for about one a.m. about one p.m. So all oh, good. Sorted okay. that. Glad you're feeling okay. <laughs> I'm glad you're feeling okay. Um bit of wrestling stuff been happening. We're obviously without Alex, but uh, and I didn't see takeover. You didn't see takeover. I, I seen. I, I was paying attention to most there. I just didn't. I wasn't watching it completely because I was watching it while listening to a podcast just to keep up for it to be on the media post media call. So I, I know what happened. Yeah, yeah. Well, <laughs> I just know amazingly in depth uh, about how how much I know. Well, maybe talk a wee bit more about it when uh, we get Rico and Bronze Cell on uh, when we we go over our buddies and put overs from the shows from across the week. Um, but you were on. You said you were on the post media call with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Is that right? Aye, so I got to be on the, the pre-media call as well and uh, caused all sorts of mayhem with the question I asked on that one, uh, which don't, I don't know. Please don't tell me, out. Gary. I've heard that Triple H was in a really bad mood. <laughs> Was this I you? might have been the cause. Oh my god! <laughs> right, explain to the dear listeners what happened with Triple H in case you haven't heard what happened with Triple H. You put him in a bad mood then. A wee bit, a right. wee bit. Um, so, so these media calls, you know, you get like a lot of the questions you get is the same old question, and sometimes they need to be asked and stuff like that. You know, you used to get all your nonsense about Velveteen Dream, which I asked it once years ago, never asked it again. 
I've obviously caused the problems with him in the past with the page thing where I just asked a, an innocent question and he made a wee joke. Um, but this time I was like, what did I ask him? Because I don't really watch NXT and I wanted to ask about Ted DiBiase, but somebody had already asked about that. So what did I ask? Like, I know if, if I ask about the rumours of WWE being up for sale, he's just going to give me the same thing where, you know, we're open for business. So I was like, what will I ask? I know what I'll ask. <laughs> I'll ask about um, about Sasha Banks tweeting about uh, an all women's show since Mickey James is doing an all women's show uh, for NWA. So I'll ask him about that. See if they're willing to, you know, chuck a few talents that way, or if they're thinking of doing their own show. <laughs> so I asked him about that, uh, and his reply, his first reply was, "Have we not already done one?" Uh, <laughs> <laughs> to which I said, well, you know, a couple of years ago, so you're looking to do another one, might NWA get a couple of WWE talents for it. And he gave me a big rant, some of which wasn't well received online. A lot of Tony Khan ended up talking about it the next day, Britt Baker had responded about it and all that, because um, oh. he mentioned, the first thing was about it, he said the quality isn't having your own show and stuff like that, which, you know, to an extent, kind of agree with. Some would say it's about redressing the balance since we had, you know, 90% male shows for the past. Fuck knows how long. Um, but uh, he said that, you know, if I booked an all-male card, then people wouldn't really be game for that. They'd be saying I was problematic then. And then he also said the one that offended people um, was that he said, you know, all the best women are, women are in WWE or they want to be, uh, which is the yeah. bit that caused the problem. So, uh, oh my God, so, that was you! So I made him a wee bit upset. But then, then I tried to ask a question that would upset him on uh, Sunday and it just didn't. <laughs> just did the upset. Are you just I, I, like poking the bear? Do you just I, like poking the bear? It's nice getting a good answer. You know, you don't want a wee shite answer. You want to rail him up a wee bit just to get that passion at him. And uh, and I uh, so on the, on Sunday I asked about um you know takeover, which I know we'll get into the Tian Sha stuff, which I know that yeah. you've spoken about a few times. Why that works and why the Alexa Bliss stuff on Raw doesn't? When you know Raw's the kind of show you'd expect supernatural shit to happen on. I, I worded it a bit better than that. I did this. Can't supernatural shit you've got. To do. Why? Why is that so? <laughs> shit? Why do people hate hate the shit you're putting on? Uh, but no, so I asked him about that. But it actually, him and Sean Michaels gave me a really good answer about how no everybody can portray a supernatural character. And you know, look at Stone Cold Steve Austin just coming out with black trunks on and. So they gave me good answers, but I accidentally upset them one of the days, but then clawed it back the next time. So. Well done. Well done. I can't believe you just continued to <laughs> Because I did hear on another uh, well-known wrestling podcast, he was in a terrible mood, and now we realise why he was. It was our very own Gary Cassidy that set him on that road. Well done, uh, Gary. Yeah. I'd well, like to say it wasn't just me, but I think I was a, a big catalyst for it. So. <laughs> um, let's bring some humour to the podcast, however. Do you have a joke of the week for us? Aye, but I feel like we're kind of we're running out of wrestling ones, so we have a joke. It's just no wrestling teams. The comedy musings of Mr. Gary Cassidy. Did you hear about the creator of the knock knock joke? No, I didn't hear about the creator of the knock knock joke. He's been awarded a posthumous Nobel Prize. And uh, later on on the show, as well as burying and putting over the TV shows from this week and having a more in-depth look at take uh, TakeOver, uh, we're going to be speaking to a man who's just made his debut in ICW UK. ICW? NXT UK! ICW is always in the UK. Um, it's Mr Andy Wilde. You caught up with him, Gary? Aye. Um, one of those ones where, you know, 
a big kind of a big star in the UK scene, so obviously in Scotland for many years. One of the guys that you know, probably everybody that's been to a wrestling show in Scotland has seen Andy Wilde wrestle. Yeah. Uh, you know, the kind of guy who's just always been there, been a staple of the scene. Has made his debut in NXT UK. Um, he's not, as far as I know, he's not signed. Uh, he, he's he's been down there a few times, but he's not actually signed to a contract. But he's been down, doing some extra work. Ended up in a match. I think ended up in a couple of matches and then ended up down for a second camp as well. So it was the kind of thing where it's like, you know, I interviewed him a couple of years ago, but the interview, I always say this, but see, uh, the first one we done was through email. You interview somebody through email, you can't actually have a conversation with them. You don't really, you know, you kind of just get like most of, like most of the questions I ask, the answer isn't the good part. It's a wee kind of off bit that you'll get for somebody saying it. So it was like, ah, we'll just set up a wee chat, get like a wee Zoom call on the go, talk about his time in WWE, a wee bit about ICW as well, because, you know, that's that's where I knew him from before uh, before NXT UK. And the best thing that... um that he spoke about was that I asked him about, you know, um, I believe you've spoke to a few people on the show that have mentioned that, but in NXT UK right now, because there's no crowd, they've got um, Shawn Michaels directing from across the pond, just doing these film, he calls it the, the voice of God, but he's essentially directing the match and producing for across the pond on a one-way system where he voices into BT Studios. Andy Wilde um, had a wee bit of advice from Shawn Michaels. So that was the best part of the film conversation. Yeah. And you know, even if you don't, uh, even if you don't know who Andy Wilde is, which you probably do if you're listening to this, you'll still find it a good chat. But I just, I loved it hearing about the kind of inner workings of NXT UK for somebody that is the part of the company just yet. Yeah. Um, so I feel, uh, I feel different insight for what you'd normally get. Right, well, you can hear that interview later on. But first, let's cut a promo. I have a lot of things I want to get off my chest. Now, we have a sister podcast, if you haven't heard before. If you like the football, football daft, go and listen to it. It's a great podcast. Uh, Gradle's on it. Um, Shell Suit Bob from River City, a soap opera in Scotland. He does a bit of it. Chris Toll, you'll know from ICW. If you watch ICW, uh, Chris Toll is on there as well as we talk football. And that's where I want to take my promo this week. And I want to cut my promo on the Scotland football manager, Steve Clark. <laughs> Right now, I'm not a football guy, but every single person in Scotland looked at that starting lineup yesterday when we went into the game against Czech Republic, and not one person would have picked that starting lineup that he chose. You know what I mean? So I don't want to get into the intrinsic, but Stephen O'Donnell seems like a lovely, lovely fella, lovely guy, out of his depth, absolutely out of his depth. Uh, Gary's sitting nodding away to yep. here. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, and I know we don't talk much football in this podcast, it's all about wrestling, but you know, it was, we got jobbed out to the Czech Republic, and I was very I was very disappointed and very angry about it, um, so, you know, I'm just, I just want to cut a promo, I'm sorry Steve, but come on, team selection son, need to do better, I hope this time next week I'm on a pod you for a big victory against England. I liken uh, Steve Clark's selection yesterday to um, see when Raw is doing pure shite and they're like, do you know what? 
rather than build new young stars, we'll just bring in old mediocre ones. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that, that's pretty much what it was. It's like that is a great way of putting it, put it right. Rather than bringing in the new blood from NXT, your Nathan Parsons, your Billy Gilmore's, your David Turnbull, aye. he's just stuck with the fucking mid card shit. Is what, is what we're saying. Well, I like that way of writing it. So, Steve, get your tactics sorted out. At the moment, it's the usual, you know, and the meme that's done the rounds, it's like, Braveheart, come on, freedom. And then it goes to train spotting. It's shite being Scottish. Let's hope by the next time we speak on this podcast, we're back to freedom. We're beating England. Sorry if you're an English listener. <laughs> um, and, you know, come on, Scotland. It is that part of the show when we look back at all the big wrestling shows and we pick out the good and the bad from them. Um, as I say, it's a two-man booth this week, so it's like, we, you know, it's a fatal four-way we've got going on on Wrestling Daft this week, as we are joined by our marks in residence, Mr. Rico and Mr. Bronze Chill, although last week we did discuss a new, we should be having a new name for you. Paul, stroke Bronze Chill, have you thought of anything that you can change? Or are you just going to go, are you just going to stick to your guns on Bronze? I think I'm going to stick to my guns. Right. And um, we'll see what happens when he debuts elsewhere and what name he's using. Right. So okay. I, th- I think it's going to be something monster related. Right. Well, I, I think a few more uh, appearances on SmackDown. You could get a, bu- a Bugs guitar or Bugs guitar or something. Oh, in there that's, that's uh... <laughs> good. Bugs guitar is good. So yeah, right. We'll, Not quite as catchy, but uh, we'll, we'll stick with Bronze Chill. Just and we'll see where where uh, Mr. Strowman pops up under probably a new guy's a new name. No, I did see that. Um, uh, Mark Henry was wanting him in AEW, and then there has been banter via social media with Carrying Cross. That would be an interesting matchup. Um, and talking of carrying cross, uh, we'll get straight into NXT. I think um, it was a go home show ahead of Takeover, uh, which we'll get to in just a bit. And um, let's talk that. So I'll go in uh, with my first put over. Austin Theory probably has the best drop kick in wrestling. I'm going to put it out there. It is a thing. Oh, Gary's screwing up his face, and he's, I know he's going to say Randy Orton, aren't you? He's, he's up there, but I've got two. The uh, uh, Randy Orton is definitely. I think Austin Theory is like just comparable to Randy Orton anyway. Reminds me of young Randy yeah. Orton. Another one actually reminds me of the two of them. Big Adam Maxted. He's a uh, he's got a belt there, a drop kick. He's so I'd put him up there. But I am not going to argue with you too much. Austin Theory's is good. Yeah, no, and he. he I think Austin Theory's got a lot to give. CN Ring is great. I think. He's a great promo as well. And like we've talked about it on this podcast before, he is that he does remind you so much of a young Andy Orton. And you just think, I'd love, and this is from back to fantasy booking, book him as a legend killer and ends up killing Randy Orton. That's what I'd like to see, you know, uh, coming full circle. And he did this Spanish fly bounce thing off the rope, which was like, yes, that is good. That More of that, please. Um, Let's go into a couple of buddies then. Um, I've I, I buddied it before. If I've, I've not buried it before, I'm going to bury it right here again. Dexter Luminous in this drawing shite, drawing pictures of people. Like he, we had on the show, we had a backstage segment with 
Right, I'm going to get into this as well as part of the body because I all encompass. So we had Dexter Loomis, Dexter Loomis drawing this shitey picture, and then we had Triple H and William Regal talking to this young upstart metal pop star Poppy, like Daz. Like you know, I don't know where this segment was born out of. They're talking. Oh, you get it on. You get your song on Spotify. That's amazing. Look, your album's here. Wow, it's on my phone. It's like sorcery. Um, it was uh, it was not well executed, but marketing one hundred and one by uh, just having her announce that she'd you know <laughs> put out a new <laughs> a new song and album just so they can get the the coverage for the for the rock magazines. But uh, I poorly executed. <laughs> Let's not take away from Regal's facial expressions, which were on point as ever. But it was just like, what is this segment? What we've got, Dex Loomis? Oh, just. Stop it now. Stop it now. Um, I was going to bury um, the ending of the show. I How many times do you see before? A, 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 it just, it's, NXT ha- happens all the time. Before I put a pay-per-view, there must be different ways of, of getting everybody shitting. You know, they, they, they kind of always do before a, a pay-per-view. They have all the people in the ring, if it's a four-way, if it's a triple threat, and it ends up in some sort of fight. And that's what we had here with the, the five competitors from TakeOver in the ring, uh, and then Adam Cole. And always there's always someone standing tall with a belt at the end, and you know, that for a start, they're not going to be winning anything. Um, so, yeah, I just think there must be better ways. I know what they're obviously they want to promote the pay-per-view, but there must be better ways of doing it. Annoyingly, they they gave it a better. Um, I don't th- I don't know if many people actually watched this because I've not really seen it doing the rounds. But they done a better <laughs> a better go home on Saturday on the network in the form of a, a kind of worked conference, a worked like media conference. So it's a kind of thing where they you know they read out questions, they get you to send in questions, they vet the questions so that you know they only put through the ones that they want. But they done a really good thing, and I know we'll get into takeover. But they had um, somebody ask a question, carrying Cross, about you know what he was most worried about, and the thing he was he said he was most worried about was Kyle O'Reilly tapping out uh, Adam Cole, which yeah. kind of played into the story. And it's like you could just have something like that. Like, obviously, they've manipulated that to be answered on Saturday. You could have put that on NXT in some way, <laughs> made it like yeah. made it more obvious rather than just having the eye that the, the ending that's just like the biggest wrestling trope ever before a pay per view. I know, I know. So yeah, uh, that's my buddies for this week. Uh, putting over, I've got to go back to the well every single fucking week, and I'm going to keep hammering at home. Can you guess what I'm going to talk about? Cameron Grimes. Yes, we are. Yes, we are. Uh, the LA Night Cameron Grimes stuff. This is fucking professional wrestling right here. We have the Million Dollar Man. I mean, I think NXT, they use the the legends quite well like that. I don't quite know what the end goal is for the Million Dollar Man. You know, why he's chosen these two and, you know, what the end goal is. But the Million Dollar Belt is back. Love it. I said it last week. I wanted it back. It is back. Cameron Grimes, Ellie Knight, they cut his... They cut two brilliant segments with them where they're kicking about with Ellie Knight. So good, just so good on the mic. Such a great, and I've I've heard it say elsewhere, and I totally agree. He reminds you of The Rock and the way he kind of delivers, you know, his promo and his the confidence. And I just I love the guy. I love the guy. He's great in the ring as well. So Ellie Knight and the Cameron Grimes promo where he's sitting smoking cigars. And I, I did hear as well that he, he he's not a smoker or a drinker. So, no. so like, had to do it in one take. 
and, and he, you could totally tell that he just was like, what the fuck is this? It was brilliant. So, so that's, there was an interesting note about the Ted DiBiase thing, apparently, when they started this full thing and they were mentioning Ted DiBiase all the time, they hadn't actually got in touch with him and it wasn't part of the plan to have him in. And then it was really? like... Maybe we should get Ted DiBiase in, and then they did eventually, obviously, go down that route. <laughs> just, just great. I, I want. I don't know where they go with. Maybe the Ted DiBiase just drops out, but I'd love to see why is he invested in one of these, and there's a deeper story to tell there, you know. And I, I just, I love the whole. It's professional wrestling. It's just gimmicky as fuck, and I fucking love it. So Ellie and I, Cameron Grimes, brilliant, absolutely brilliant. Really enjoyed that. Quick trip to Fashion Corner before we get into our match of the night. Headbands, unacceptable in wrestling. <laughs> Sorry, headbands. Johnny Gargano, Austin Theory and their headbands. No, 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 no. Fandango's shirt, excellent. He had the sort of shirt spotting with kind of wrestlers on it. Good shirt, Fandango. Ellie Knight's yellow, black, yellow and black Air Jordans. Wow, I want a pair of those. And Zach Gibson has now officially taken... The best wrestling boot ever, as he created wrestling boots that look like football boots. Fan body tastic. More and they were that. a tribute to Stephen Gerrard, which oh, is were they? Were they Stevie oh, were they? Oh, were they? So, yeah, that is a lot of going on in Fashion Corner this week. Um, and match of the night, I'm going to give it to the woman this week, uh, Ember Moon, Dakota Kai put on a great uh, showing ahead. And Ember Moon did this kind of somersault stunner thing, which I think deserves a mention because it was an absolute thing of beauty. Um, and that was NXT. Now, we know we go over to Big Alex with AEW. Um, I have not, holding my hands up, seen AEW from the last week. Does anyone have anything to bring to the party? Rico has his hand up. Mr. Rico, what would you like to say? I didn't watch it either. However, <laughs> I usually catch up with it in sort of clip form uh, the next morning. And I watched the end of Miro versus Evil Uno and loved the ending of it. Evil Uno sort of uh, putting Miro down on the ground, the Dark Order coming out, uh, really getting behind him. Evil Uno with the tribute to Brody Lee getting the discus clothesline and Miro just no selling it whatsoever and destroying Evil Uno after it. It was, it's just ruthless. And I think, again, one of the first times I was on here, I was like, I don't get Miro. I yeah. definitely do now. He is a monster. Absolutely brilliant character in that sense. He's just, I don't know, I don't know who's going to dethrone him. I don't know how either, but um, I thought that was really good. We're completely snookered because that's the only bit I've seen. Um, I'm just I'm just scanning through and I've just seen uh, for Fashion Corner Cody's clobber who's now morphing into it this this gimmick that they're doing has got to be a nod to Homelander and the boys if you've seen that because he's now he's just so over the top patriotic it you just it just looks like he's he's going to turn at any point um so yeah Alex I'm sure I've, I've caught up with it. Um, but yeah, it looks like it's it's been an okay show because I think the, the AEW's been funding a little bit recently from what I gather. Um, Friday's really only doing them a favour. Yeah. Like the, I said it last week with debuting Andrade on that show. It's just no getting the reads. It's, uh, the reads. It's the, me being a journalist, they're fucking all about the clicks. Um, but uh, it's just no getting the views. It's 
they're not able to carry them over. I don't know if it's because it's a Friday, it's a late night in America. Obviously, they can go out and enjoy nightlife, so maybe people are doing that, but it's just, I feel like it's not just a, a slog to get through that, and maybe they're thinking that as well. Maybe we'll just try and get through until we get back to the regular slot. So I think it's in a bit of a, a, bit of a dip. But then we've got uh, across, I think, July and August, about three special shows uh, when they're on tour. So hopefully it'll pick up then. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it was a taped show as well. Um, mm-hmm. It kind of took a bit out of it because they didn't have the full crowd. Um, we we'll had the return of the pinnacle um, after the pay-per-view and Inner Circle smashed the limo up, which seemed to go on forever. They just watched them do it. But um, we had one of the members of the Inner Circle, I can't remember who it was, they spread El Barto on the side of the white limo. <laughs> that was a nice Simpsons throw-in reference there, yeah. <laughs> like that, like that. All right, then, boys, um, let's head to SmackDown, um, and let's start with you, uh, Mr. Braun Shell, and uh, your first put-over of the evening. So I had a couple of people message me about this, so I, I absolutely loved it as well, um, the ending. So we had Ray confronting Roman for disrespecting his family the previous week and putting his hands on Dominic. Roman then acknowledged Ray as a father, and then out of nowhere, Ray started battering reins with a kendo stick. Roman got the upper hand, Dominic then jumped in, and Roman powerbombed him over the top rope onto the floor and smart down went off the air with Dominic lying in a heap. It was just absolutely amazing. And compared to the ending of Raw last week to smart down, it was just, it was absolutely brilliant. Absolutely loved it. Yeah. We've said it before so many times. I mean, the Reigns, Usos, the whole angle is just, it's just so money at the moment. It is the best story in wrestling. You just want it to never end because it's just so good. And you just keep finding different layers to put on top of it as well. I really like Rey Mysterio in that slot as well. I know that a lot of people are a wee bit, you know, he oh, doesn't really need to be there, but I think he's brilliant. You know, yeah. he's not going to win the title. He probably shouldn't win the title at his age, even though it doesn't look like he's slowed down well. He slowed down, then got the stem cells in his uh, knees and then sped back up again. Uh, but I just think, you know, for an in-between kind of pay-per-view, when we're obviously gone somewhere else for SummerSlam, it's just a perfect wee stopgap. And, you know, if I get Rey Mysterio v Roman Reigns at Hell in a Cell, if that's in a Hell in a Cell, like in the actual cell, I think that would be absolutely amazing. I just think that's the kind of thing where, who else is there? Of course, there's Biggie and stuff like that, but you'd rather they waited. I think Rey Mysterio is great in that, uh, in that role. I feel like this is a vehicle for the capitulation of Roman and the Usos. I think I think Ray's been shoehorned in there just a little bit because if you go back two weeks, this match wouldn't have happened. Like there was not even a sniff of this happening. Um, last week, Roman attacks Ray and you know chokes out Dominic and everything. So this is why it's happening. But with with all of the storylines that's going on um, with Jay and Jimmy and Jay in the middle, just looking like looking like a victim now of it all, finally had enough of uh, of their antics back and forth and walked away from them. I, I really do feel like we could start to see Jimmy and Roman buttheads physically at Hell in a Cell. Yeah, do you, do you think that, that leads into up to SummerSlam with some sort of triple threat with the Usos and Roman? Or is it, do you know what, do you think that's where it concludes that story? The, the rumour's meant to be... Uh... Roman John Cena at SummerSlam. So interesting if uh, interesting if they manage to get that whole story done before they get John Cena involved in some way, or if they're gonna try and continue it past SummerSlam, because even then that might be a wee bit 
a wee bit of a lengthy, a lengthy spell to continue it, but at the same time, they've done it a, for a year, so, so I don't mind, obviously, I'm, I'm in the wrong if I'm going to say that they can continue it. No, uh, no. I think they can, but uh, it's a bit of an odd one. I'm not sure what they'll do there, because it would be a money match, but I get why SummerSlam, if you're Vince McMahon and somebody pitches to you, you can have Roman Reigns v. Jey Uso v. Jimmy Uso, or you can have Roman Reigns v. John Cena. He's probably definitely choosing John Cena. Oh, I, I, <laughs> you know, I guess Cena's got movies and got a movie. Oh, he's got a couple of movies coming out, hasn't he? So I guess he's going to be on promotion. So what better way to promote the movie and get involved in SummerSlam? He's just done a wee interview with Chris Van Vliet. I've not fully watched yet, um, but I believe he said in that that he will be back in WWE, obviously. You know, <laughs> it seems seems obvious, uh, but we've not seen him since the Firefly Funhouse match. Yeah. I don't think. No, I no, definitely I, don't think we have, no. I'm all in and Cena versus Reigns at SummerSlam. I, I only if Reigns squashes him. <laughs> yeah, well, there is that. But um, I think the crowd would be so into Cena. I mm. think, like, you know, that obviously absence makes the heart grow stronger and all that. I think against that heel Reigns, you know, when it, I mean, Cena and all Reigns were like that. We're just getting booed for being faces. I think they would be all in on Cena. To, to go on and, and you know I think as long as Reigns goes over him it would be a hell of a match I'd love to you know SummerSlam's going to be in front of a crowd it would be I think it would be money absolute money so hopefully that happens um, Rico what you got for a buddy first off uh, I'm going to buddy WWE's habit of hyperbolizing wrestlers hypes it's really <laughs> stupid um, they're saying Commander Aziz is seven foot tall that's it's lazy and I think it should just be a trope of the past he's uh, a quick Google Tells you that he's actually two point zero six meters tall, which is six foot seven. For context, I'm six foot three. So if you put a tin of iron brew on my head, I'd be roughly the same same height as Commander Disease. Um, he's shorter than the Undertaker, whose build height was six foot ten. I, I don't understand why they can't just make other aspects. You uh, make more of other aspects of Aziz. They like put over the Nigerian nail more. Like he's big enough, and it's obvious you can see him. He's he's tall. You don't have to see seven foot. Because we can all just go online now and say to ourselves, oh, I wonder how, I wonder if that's real. No, it's not real. Cool. Okay. And it, it takes me out of it a bit, to be honest. And I know it's, it's a really minor detail, but I just feel like you don't need to I do that it. anymore. I get it. The day- Maybe he's seven foot when he stands on that wee platform that they put him on in the middle <laughs> of the ring. Maybe look out in that. Nah, I, I, I don't get it. Like, it's fine when I believe Big Cass is six foot 11. And it's like, right. Trust he's a boy. Ah, uh, you're like, that's fine. What, like, what's the difference between that? If you stand next to him, you're not going to know if he's six eleven or seven foot. I mean, the catchphrase <laughs> The catchphrase doesn't really work. Yeah, he's no. eleven tall. You know, it doesn't. That doesn't work. No, really. but but six six seven to seven foot is quite a jump. That is. That is. Um, bronze. What have you got for a buddy? I don't really have much to bury, to be honest. I'd probably say it would be the best SmackDown that's been on in ages. Um, what I will say, though, I felt that Nakamura versus Corbin was too short. Um, the show on a recap of the three... Rico thoroughly agree with uh, that. Rico's <laughs> going to be sitting <laughs> nodding. <laughs> Me too. I was, I was going to bury Baron Corbin this week. I'm only joking. Baron Corbin great. Take that. But yeah, um, so it's now been made into a best of five series. So this Friday, Nakamura versus Corbin is for the the King of the Ring. So we'll see how that goes. And while I'm at it, let's just bury Seth Rollins because he still doesn't know how to put socks on with his suit. Definitely, definitely. And Rico, um, what have you got for us for putting over this week? 
going to incorporate the fashion corner into my putover. What? I'm going to put over Otis's new look. No. I, I am. I'll tell you why as well. Um, so <laughs> he's, a, he's a heel, right? Yeah. You don't mean to like how he looks. You don't mean to think he looks cool. He's still like, with, the, with no beard left, there's no opportunity for you to be like, oh, he's just a big fuzzy dude and you know you could give him a big hug and everything nah fuck that oh, he's got very slicked back hair nothing on his face he looks like a prick <laughs> that's what I, <laughs> I look like so um i think it's good i've seen folk burying it online but it's it's like it's more confident you know it's like a more confident look and you, you would think about saying you should you know you should maybe consider growing a beard but he's like nah i'm gonna, I'm gonna shave it all off and i'm gonna kick back it so, um, I, I think it looks good for him as a heel. There's yeah. one thing that I loved, and I think I'm kind of reaching to call it a Simpsons reference because I don't think it is. Um, but during the Ding Dong Hello, or Hello Ding Dong, whatever it's called, the Cesaro being behind the door, and the, like I think also production-wise, they masked it perfectly because I'm sure they put him there while playing a video package, and also that meant that they didn't have the crowd noise to do the, you know, the pop that would give it away. But he stood still and then done the punch, which I think was meant to be a nod to the Dr. Hibbert through the frame. Um, but I was just like, that's that's great. And just that full segment was brilliant as well. I absolutely loved it. Is anyone familiar with the works of Chris Farley? The comedian Chris Farley? I've heard Good. of him. I don't know a lot. Google Chris Farley because so he, was in, he was in Wayne's World, for example. He was in Beverly Hills Ninja, that man. Oh, I know who you're talking about. That's who Otis, 100%. That's who like, Otis yeah. looks like Chris <laughs> Farley. Um, so, yeah, Google Chris Farley, because I'm, I'm convinced that he looks exactly like Otis does at the moment. Um, match of the night, boys? Probably have to be Gable versus Montez Ford, and then oh, obviously yeah. Otis coming out with the, uh, the no beard and just battering both Street Profits. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, I, I, Montez Ford's going to be a, a star, like a single star at some point, isn't he? Just yeah. so good, so Definitely. so good. I feel sorry for Big Angel, but I mean, he's a, he's he's a good. <laughs> he's worker. good as well. He's good he's as well. well. But it's like I think when you're st- it's like the Shawn Michaels Marty Jannetty situation when you're stood next to someone as charismatic and as good as uh, Montez Ford is, it's hard to shine through, isn't it? Hard to shine through. So, yeah, yeah looking forward to his single run. Um, takeover, uh, before we go, did, did Bronze, you've seen Takeover. What did you make of it? I'm hearing good things about the shows as a whole, but obviously Takeover has always got such a high bar to, to live up to. What were the kind of highlights for you? I loved seeing Todd Pettingall and Doc Hendricks back, like being an old school fan, just seeing their faces, like was just absolutely brilliant. Um, the main event was absolutely brilliant as well. Um, Johnny Gargano had Shawn Michaels themed gear and all of the way were dressed up as members of the clique, which was really cool. Um, everybody got their, their moves in, everybody got their shit in. Everybody was laid out at the end. Uh, spoiler alert, if you haven't watched it, Karrion Cross won the match. The only person that was kind of left compass mentis was Pete Dunn, who was leaning against the announce table, and he was just staring at him. So hopefully we're going to get Pete Dunn versus Karrion Cross next in, you know, a longer kind of feud. But my match of the night, again, as John says, you know, Cameron Grimes and Ellie Knight, absolutely brilliant in that million-dollar ladder match. The, um, they had a promo package before, and they made the million-dollar belt out to have so much prestige 
you know, for a gimmick made up belt, you wouldn't have really thought much about it, but showing all the people that have held it and went on to greatness like Steve Austin and, you know, Ted DiBiase having his long career, just absolutely brilliant. So hopefully we'll see, spoiler alert again, um, LA Knight won. So Ted DiBiase is his manager for a while and then two will feud over the belt and we'll see how things go. But yeah, really enjoyed, really enjoyed the whole event, to be honest. I don't think that there was one bad match. So if, if you get, I think it was two hours, 20 minutes long, um, quite short. So yeah, check it out. Yeah, yeah. That, that match was incredible. Um, there was only one bit that I was like, oh, and it was only, yeah, again, production. The camera went on um, on early night a wee bit too long outside the ring when he was talking to Cameron Grimes after a pretty scary spot. But it's like, that's, that's nothing on the performers. And if, Early night had long hair. You wouldn't have seen him talking anyway. Uh, but it was just like that. That full match was absolutely incredible. I think one match that I absolutely loved as well. Um, wasn't it so much the match? The match wasn't incredible. Um, but the the Tian Sha stuff the, again with with Mei Ying uh, actually. Which every time I say that, I, I almost say Mei Young. Um, but every single time, and they're, they're the same age, uh, which is good. Uh, no, but, um, <laughs> That, that I just thought that match it made Zia Lee look absolutely brilliant. I think she is somebody that has looked really good. She's she's like carrying cross. A lot of people are like, oh, she's a really stiff worker, but that's what makes her good. Uh, but that match was brilliant. And then what played afterwards was great as well. Boa still hasn't wrestled, but uh, oh, I see what's happening on Boa. It, it took a few wee bumps to uh, get beaten up by a chair uh, oh. for, for Mercedes. Um, but also the the other great match that like it's getting kind of glossed over just because it was so early. The six man with MSK and Bronson Reed wearing their uh, Masawa gear on the 12th anniversary of his death. Uh, them against the uh, Legado del Fantasma. Just a perfect match to open it up because they had a big crowd in. The crowd, the one thing that and a lot of people mentioned that the crowd kind of weren't they great, um, but they had been standing in the rain for fucking hours, uh, which might be why. <laughs> so the crowd wasn't great, but that match was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, done everything that it should have done. And, it was so predictable because you're like, you're never going to think Legado del Fantasma are going to be winning that match, but they didn't need to. It just had to be a match to get the crowd up for the rest of the event. But uh, I, I thought overall, it was like, looking at the full card, I'm like, it was probably like, in terms of the standard of takeovers, it was a, probably a pretty weak takeover, but it was still incredible. So it was still like an 8 out of 10, 9 out of 10, which just shows how good takeovers normally are. Yeah, a brilliant week clip from uh, from that Bronson MSK versus Legado uh, del Fantasma match where um, I can't man, I, for, oh, I can't forget what I've forgotten his name. What's the dude? What's the dude? What was the cruiserweight champion's name again? Um, Santos Escobar. There we go. Sorry, I completely <laughs> blank. Now Santos Escobar. Uh, he picked up the title and it looked like he was going to go and use it. He turns around and Bronson Reed just absolutely clatters him through one of the barricades. And apart from anything else, it just made me laugh because like, I didn't even see him coming. He just like splatters him through the wall. It was, again, it was kind of like almost like, like cartoony the way it happened. But The, the cool. end of the match was like that as well because Bronson Reed, like his splash is amazing because like if you... If you freeze frame, obviously it's kind of exposing the business if you do it, but if you freeze frame on the landing, it's like the most perfectly executed splash ever, but it just looks like it legitimately flattens the guy that's under him. So absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. Gary, we're not doing raw anymore. We're on a raw protest till it gets better. Um, I've not seen what happened last night. Paul's saying, was it, it you can be, because you're still watching it, Bronze, aren't you? I am, um, yeah. So we got the debut of Piper Niven. That's the one bit I've watched. <laughs> <laughs> if, so if we're putting one thing over from Raw this week, it was great to see her on there. Yeah. 
I have not watched any of it. And annoyingly, a few people that I've seen have said, oh, it was actually a good draw. <laughs> I'm like, come <laughs> on. The one week I've not watched it, it was like, uh, I, I, I'm going to go back and watch or like skip through it. But somebody said that RK Bro versus New Day was great, which I'm like, if I'd have known that was going to be a, a match, I'd, I didn't look at the, the preview, but if I'd have known RK Bro and New Day was going to happen, I'd have probably at least stayed up and watched that. Um, but I'm definitely going to go back and watch that. The the Eva Marie thing, you know, it's one of the ones where if you read news and rumour, you've had it spoiled because a few people have mentioned it. The only thing I'll say is that I've, I've also read what Piper Niven's new name is meant to be, and that oh. is not good. <laughs> why, why, why would why would they take some, someone that's been NXT, part of the product, why would they then bring her up to the main roster and change her name? Because they, they said, I don't think they would do that with Kaylee Ray. They're so inconsistent where, like, it's the kind of thing where, you know, she's not been a champion, so I guess they, they, they don't have the, you know, former NXT UK Women's Champion thing. But it just seems like they pick and choose with this stuff so often. I mean, we've seen it even on the main roster. We've seen it with Commander Aziz, <laughs> who we've seen in the Greatest Royal Rumble as Babatunde. We've seen him, you know, on, as Dabakato and Raw Underground. They just pick and choose. I think it's the kind of thing where WWE decides, you know, if somebody's playing a character, then fuck it. The character can just disappear and they can just create a new character. And it is annoying. It's, it's just so inconsistent. It is annoying. But I don't mind it because... Piper Niven, I'd, I'd, you know, I'd been sent a message a few weeks ago and I'm not going to out the journalist. They'd done the right thing and didn't report it. Um, but they told that Kaylee Ray was getting let go for NXT UK. And it's like, that's definitely not happening. Like, she, she's just one of the people that they, they outbid AEW to get. So there's no chance that yeah. they're actually going to let go here. Um, so it's nice to see her there because I feel like on NXT UK, she could have been, you know, next in line for a title. She had a big rivalry with Kaylee Ray. But there's a lot of talent there. And I think putting over a younger talent on that product is probably where they're going to go going forward. So where else do you put her? NXT, sure. She'd fit in brilliantly there. I think this is a good move. My main thing is hopefully, and I think it will lead that way because we've all watched wrestling for years and we know it's probably going to lead that way. Hopefully we see her brutalising Eva Marie at some point in the future. Yeah, I feel like we should touch on her proposed new name. Aye. Which feels like it feels like a, a reverse Pokemon evolution of names <laughs> from Viper to Piper Niven to Dewdrop. Aye, it's, and it's, it's even the it, we, we obviously don't know how it's going to be spelt yet, but there's a it's either going to be Dewdrop like D E W space drop or D O U drop, and it's like oh, that's just. Viper is such a good name, and I get why they're never going to call Viper in WWE because they've got Randy Orton. It's just that's never going to happen. Yeah. Piper Niven, I'm like, I can live with it. Like Piper Niven does that, you know, kind of played on Scottish heritage and stuff. So I'm, I'm not going to moan about that. But uh, do drop is not. Do, good. do you think they'll shy away from the Scottish thing because of one Drew and two Nikki? We've already got a Scottish female on the roster. We can't have another Scottish kind of female, and they won't give her any mic time. Or, I mean, or it's it's Kaylee Ray. I mean, Kaylee Ray's just dropped the another spoiler alert. Kaylee Ray's obviously dropped the the title as well. Are they going to feed Kaylee Ray up into the main roster now? Or who knows? I think she's definitely bound for America. Um, you know, that's there'll be nothing really left for her to do in NXT UK. Obviously, you know, it's not a personal thing. And I've asked, like, Sean Michaels about it, and he's like, I we, we want her there. Asked her about it, and she was like, I love being in the States, but 
it's the kind of thing where being there for a few weeks to the appearance is, is different for living there. So that's a personal thing, I guess, for her. Um, but it's just, I mean, Kaylee Ray, you need to give her mic time because she's brilliant as a promo. Maybe she goes in SmackDown, maybe she goes in NXT and there's not really an issue. Piper Niven's a drop, whatever she's called. Um, Viper is a brilliant promo as well. And I feel like having her in that bodyguard role, it's good because, you know, she can... She's brilliant in the ring as well. She's going to probably get over in that role. I just hope that eventually it feeds to gain her mic time and having her, you know, annihilate Eva Marie and that will get her over more than anything else ever could. That's like, it's the perfect position to be in because people don't like Eva Marie that much that if you have a turn on Eva Marie, the pop will be unreal. It's, um, a, it's the virtual scenario, isn't it? It's the old virtual man scenario. Aye, but hopefully she's uh, more over than Virgil in 20 years. <laughs> uh, brilliant my boys well thank you very much for coming on this week really appreciate it as ever Alex I'll be back to do AW next week so don't worry about that and if not Gary can do it because uh, he needs some I'm, pro- I'm probably going to be back to Raw because it was maybe a good show so I probably need to watch it <laughs> oh, you, one week that lasted <laughs> one week my word one and thing I should say actually that I had one put over that wasn't a, wasn't a Raw related or that will be related um, if anybody, I'm going to go back to Impact. Moose v Kenny Omega was brilliant. So uh, if anybody hasn't watched that, they should watch Moose v Kenny Omega because it was really good. And uh, Young Bucks done a wee nod back to the Generation Me uh, thing as well. So that was good. But uh, I, I've got a feeling I'm going to need to watch this week's Raw and then that means that if it's good, I'm probably going to be stuck in next week's. But... <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Uh, boys, thank you very much. As ever, if you want to get your buddies and putovers for anything you've seen in any of the wrestling this week, you can do that to Rab and Grado on the main podcast. You'll get that on our Twitter at Wrestling Daft, on Rinsta at Wrestling Daft Podcast, or just plain old Wrestling Daft on the book of the face. Boys, thanks very much. <laughs> Gary, you use uh, VPNs, don't you? Aye, aye. Occasionally for um, content we cannot see in the UK, such as the A&E documentaries. The A&E documentaries, which are on just now, they've just done one on Bret Hart, which we'll get into in the news. Uh, But things like ExpressVPN is what you want to be using, because basically using the internet without something like ExpressVPN is like taking a call on a train or a bus on speaker so everyone can hear you and you don't want to be that person you know that annoying person that sits in the bus with a speaker or you know plays the music the kids now just play the music on the bus it's really annoying but anyway if you've got a vpn basically uh what you need to know is that every single website you you visit um is not going to be seen because basically they can they can Internet providers can see ISPs and they can sell information to ad companies and tech giants who then use, obviously, your data to target you. So you get all these pop-up ads flying up at you. Basically, ExpressVPN creates a secure encrypted tunnel between you and your device and the internet. So people can't peep on you on your online activity. Really easy to use. Fire up the app, one click of the button, and basically you're going to have that security and encryption so that no one can get your data and it's been rated number one by cnet the wire the verge works on phones laptops even routers so anyone who shares your wi-fi can also be protected as well i mean like we say use it we use expressvpn obviously for the wrestling on this podcast you can get um, peacock on it you can get the documentaries on at 8 from A&E so fire it up and we've got a special offer for you right here at on wrestling daft just go to expressvpn.com forward slash wrestling that's forward slash wrestling 
today and we're going to give you three months free if you sign up for a year if you use that uh, url so expressvpn.com slash wrestling and you'll get an extra three months for free if you get signed up for a year with expressvpn it's the wrestling news with gary cassidy well, we've not been watching much wrestling, though, Gary. Let's let's all face the facts. Me, and you have been sitting watching the football. We've not been that bored about the wrestling news, but we've got some for the audience. Uh, there's actually just some uh, very small breaking news coming out in the past few minutes for oh. Fightful Select, and it is that Moose has re-signed with Impact Wrestling. Um, so a wee bit, uh, you know, he obviously appeared on or in an AEW ring on Impact programming recently. The 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 kind of wasn't it really a secret that his contract was set to expire, I think, this month. Um, but he's sticking with impact. It, it said that, you know, it's sent out your wee, your wee nice Twitter uh, rumours that he does. He's nice wee bit of speculation where he's mentioning AEW, mentioning NXT. But he's gone nowhere. He's there for two more years. So. He's an impact lifer, Moose, isn't he? He's, just, uh, he's, he's the kind of guy where you could see him, like, you could see him signing with, like, an NXT and a wee bit different, you know, packaging i think he would be quite a good addition as a big man but uh, he's probably if he's going to be in a world title picture or become a world champion it's more likely going to be an impact than than AEW or nxt so yeah no exactly exactly um news on live shows it's been a while since we've had a saudi arabia show and it's potentially back this year at the end of the year Aye, uh, so obviously we're, we're about to see the return of actual live events. The Thunderdome is uh, out the Monday in a couple of weeks' time, and we're going to be seeing, you know, I think it's fifth, roughly like middle of July we return to, to a live touring schedule for WWE. Obviously, AEW's kind of ahead of that as well, but they are on this, a similar route. Saudi Arabia, uh, <laughs> WWE signed that contract, I think, four years ago now, four or, four or five years ago, um, and it was a 10-year deal. There's now been, I think, two years without a show there. So, you know, s- simple maths would show you that there's still about eight years to go because you wouldn't think that they've just wrote off the two years. At the yeah, very yeah, least, there's yeah. six years to go at the most, eight years. Um, but obviously, the, 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 the pandemic has stopped them from being there. So it's not just something that's disappeared. We are going to be going back to a, a Saudi Arabia show. And this was PW Insider reporting more specific plans and that is that the agreement will be resumed pretty much going into the start of next year. Um, so it looks like, you know, I think I think it's usually November and March were the shows that yeah. we were seeing run, or April, because I think it was just around the WrestleMania time. Um, so you'd have to think it will follow a similar kind of path. Aye, it looks like we're going to get a show next year. Um, no definitive date has been determined, and it's believed that they will run one a year going forward rather than two. So yeah. looks like we'll get something. I'm sure we're all excited for it. Uh, on a on a, a not looking at the moral standpoint, I can't wait because they normally pull out all the big guns. We get a, a hot crowd and we get hundreds of pyro. So, so that's something yeah. to look forward to at least. <laughs> exactly. Uh, Vince McMahon, we talked about the A&E biographies, which my mate is a massive old school wrestling fan and he comes into work, he goes, how can, how can I not get these, uh, you know, <laughs> wrestling documentaries on the network I, I, I need to see them i need to see them like well mate you need to sign up to expressvpn as we talked about earlier on again Aye. um i'm sure there's ways and means but uh there's one just popped up with uh bret hart and it's vince it's putting brett over 
I, it's, well, this is the best thing about these is that, you know, we don't hear a lot for Vince McMahon on many documentaries, even on no. the network. And the last one I remember was The Last Ride, um, where we got like a significant bit of dialogue for, for Vince. But he's been popping up on the, the, these a &E ones, uh, shows you that obviously them getting the getting the big mainstream rub uh, for these is, is bringing out Vince McMahon. But the, the, the Bret Hart one was great. This is a bit of a weird one because obviously we all know about the relationship between Vince and Brett and it no being, or at least at one point in time, no being the best of relationships because of a certain, <laughs> a certain Montreal screw job. Um, but he did say that, uh, that Brett was the most credible WWE champion ever, which, you know, it's, it's not the wackiest statement. We've all seen Brett Hart in the ring. We know that he's absolutely brilliant. Uh, I always talk about the my favourite sell all the time being his turnbuckle sell. Um, so... Vince McMahon said that Brett was not as big as some of our other performers. Again, no big secret. We know that he wasn't the, the biggest guy. Um, but Brett stayed in there and hung in there and eventually everyone recognised his skill and the rest is history. And then he said, Brett is an unusual cat. Man, that was a real champion. The credibility factor with Brett, I think, will be the highest of anyone we ever had as champion. That's that is a big a big statement for Vince McMahon considering how many champions there's been and, and you know, you've got a lot of you know Sean Michaels, The Rock, you know Daniel Bryan, Daniel Bryan, I have a lot, a lot. Kurt Angle, Jesus, can't I can't actually bench John, uh, John's raging by. <laughs> I'm actually thinking Kurt Angle is the most credible WWE champion there has ever been. Vince or Brock Lesnar, <laughs> or maybe Brock Lesnar. <laughs> right, so I I appreciate Bret Hart, you know the you know the excellence uh. of the execution, all that, but fucking Kurt Angle <laughs> would tie Bret Hart in fucking knots, as would Lesnar. So uh, I th I think credible. It's a bit of a I mean, when I think credible, I think about people that don't watch wrestling would see that person and think there's credibility. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I would say I would say Brock Lesnar by a mile. But at the same time, maybe that makes the praise even higher coming for Vince if he's saying it. Or maybe he's going to say that about five different people and it's just going <laughs> to... <laughs> you never know. There is that. There is that. Um, finally, um, how things could have been very different for our own Drew McIntyre as he was pitched originally, apparently, to be a male model. Aye, so, so this one, there's always been wee snippets that have come out about this, and it's mentioned in the Drew McIntyre book, which uh, I'd read a couple of months ago when it came out. But again, doesn't really go into much detail on it, obviously, because it's not a major chapter in his life. <laughs> it didn't actually happen. It's something that was pitched. Um, but Drew McIntyre was meant to be a character called The Runway Man. <laughs> <laughs> Which, I mean, obviously 3MB was the the, the, the most intimidating uh, uh, characters for him when he was in 3MB, but this would have been one step beyond. Uh, so, I mean, good looking guy, big Drew, big tall guy, you know. Yeah. It's no out of the realms of believability that he would play a character who was a male model, uh, and it almost happened. And this was um, a new podcast series for Ryan Satin. A lot of people will know the name Ryan Satin, obviously used to, you know, break news for Pro Wrestle Sheet. Uh, pro wrestling sheet, sorry, uh, was on WWE on Fox and has been kind of doing stuff with WWE backstage in the past. He's now got a podcast called Out of Character, had a lot of, you know, guests like Rey Mysterio and stuff. But the most recent one was Drew McIntyre and, uh, and the quote about the runway, uh, run, runway man, there you go, it's even hard to say, no wonder it didn't take off, um, but this was uh, when I was about to come out at FCW, I remember the character, uh, character and some people have heard of this, but many haven't. 
my character pitch was going to be the runway man where I was going to be a male model. Uh, and he thinks this is what Fandango became. Obviously, Fandango, maybe a dancer, but not a million miles away. Uh, he said it was kind of modified, but there was going to be a catwalk and he was going to walk to the ring as a male model. Oh, <laughs> my God. <laughs> Which, I mean, again, Fandango and also um, Tyler Breeze has done it with the selfie stick and stuff. So, that you know, a... they reuse a lot. Of, they, 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 they reuse a lot of this stuff. So it's quite easy to imagine it. But maybe I know where the character that Drew is now, where he's, you know, breaking tables in halfway. Yeah, so, so I said it was pitched him while he was working on stuff. It was £265 when he was tagging with Wade Barrett and FCW. leans down to be the size uh, of 230 to be like the chosen one. And he was getting ready to be a male model at that time. Had to sit down with Vince, made it clear that he didn't love it, but he'd make it work. And whatever Vince thought was best, they would do. Um, but thankfully, Vince didn't feel it was best. Um, but there's another wee tie into that where, you know, it's a bit surprising that he would say that he would make it work because actually... When um, and there's footage of this, but when WWE came round and when Drew McIntyre done his tryout, it was Drew, Sheamus, and Wade Barrett, and they all got offered to be on TV as extras doing security. And Drew McIntyre ended up not doing it because he refused to cut his hair off. Uh, so he, he was saying that they wasn't going to uh, get rid of these long locks. And there's footage of Sheamus and Wade Barrett doing it, but Drew not doing it even though he was there. So I mean, good company guy for you know <laughs> saying that he would have done the runway man, but. I think we're all glad that he's uh, yeah. in the opposite direction. The Chosen One was a bit of a better gimmick, let's face it. Um, yeah, Wasn't it's... I got that amazing story that we uh, that we exactly. got now? I mean, there was the, the runway man and then became the first ever WWE champion. They'll get the same ring. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That would have been buried way under if he had eventually came the runway <laughs> man to where he is. Um, brilliant. Uh, thanks for news. A bit, bit slower this week, but I'm sure there'll be something next week. But, you know, I did, did, Gary, what, there's rumours of more releases, but I don't know what you've heard it's been i mean it's been going on for a few weeks now but actually it seems like it's going to be going the opposite direction because there's a wee bit of a rumor that samoa joe was at the performance center this week yeah um you know why would they be there obviously we've heard Zelina vega was there a wee while ago and we've not really seen her on wwe so we've definitely not seen her on wwe tv since so it's a bit of a you know selena de la renta is there as well doing some training she was an mlw but again near reports they're signing so these, the rumours have been there for a while about, you know, NXT UK releases and a few more people gone, but nothing's really came yet. Although saying that, obviously the Braun Strowman, Alistair Black kind of round of releases, that came really out the blue. Yeah. So it might just be people hedging their bets. Maybe there is something to it, but I mean, hopefully that's not the news that we're getting out next week because we'd rather, you know, it was, was better news, but you never know. Could yeah. be something, but for me, we're probably more likely going to be reporting on Cesaro picking his winner for Euro 2020. <laughs> Something like that. It seems like it's going to be a slow couple of weeks, but I, I say that and then somebody's going to get released in about two years, probably. If Joe turned up in NXT, Joe versus Karrion Cross is a match I would like to see. And I think a lot of other people would like to see that would just be battering each other senseless. It would be well, the, the big kind of rumor now is that um, I know you've not seen Takeover, but the fallout of Takeover seems to be that William Regal is going to be leaving his on screen role because there was a lot of fighting backstage, like kind yeah. of just show, showing the wee fights. And then at the end, it was him saying that they, they need a change. Now, if they're going to replace him as general manager, I think that William Regal is a very intimidating general manager anyway. So you can't really replace him with somebody that isn't as intimidating. Like they 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 can't bring in a Teddy Long or something to replace him. It's not going to work. So I think they need to bring, or maybe they're gearing up to bring in somebody that's really you know going to get things in shape storyline wise. Samoa Joe would probably be the perfect fit. 
Um, yeah. So maybe that's what we'll be mentioning next week. We'll probably find out a wee bit more uh, the night. I was going to say Tuesday night, but that is the night. Is it? <laughs> so, so we'll probably find out a bit, more, a bit more soon. But I guess if people are listening to this on Wednesday, they're probably going to know that we are talking rubbish and something else has happened. So Brilliant. we'll find out all about that next week. Thanks very much, Gary. As so if you want more stuff from Wrestling Daft, we've got more content online. We're kind of like wrestling buskers. We put a wee hat down and you can throw some money in it. Uh, and we need all the money we can get because we're going on a Wrestling Daft night out very, very soon. Where we're great. I'm treating Gary and Alex and uh, the boys to a slap-up meal and a good few pints. Uh, so please uh, throw some money in our hat. And for that, you're going to get more content from us, which is great. Uh, for about three quid a month, you can sign up. Uh, you'll get Patreon-only chat community. Banter's always good on there. Uh, you get basically Patreon privileges, so you get onto the main show, any responses on your buddies and putovers, your list of wrestling bath, we always take responses from Patreons first, early episode access bonus content from the show there's loads up there, including Greg Hempel talking about uh, Kelvin Brawl at the moment, uh, you get a full video version of this very show, so you get to see the beauty of me and Gary while he drinks a can of juice um, you also get to vote on what you want to see on the list of wrestling daft as well tier 2, that's for the IC champs, about £7 a month video version of the flagship show with Rab and Grado uh, invite our Patreon pay-per-view parties we've not done one in a while, uh, we'll be doing one for SummerSlam however and you'll get a bonus the night, John. It is fantastic. <laughs> so we can all get heavily drunk and watch SummerSlam uh, when that happens. And you'll get a bonus episode once a month. We do the eyes if you're a patron. We've not done. <laughs> oh God, where's the real shows? We're not getting <laughs> us all these false promises. We're going to deal with that. Unfortunately, Rab and Grado are both filming sitcoms at the moment, so it's just been an absolute nightmare trying them tying them down just for the show. Never mind bonus stuff. So we will get around to that. Rab is seriously promising something special on the way, and you can sign up for World Heavyweight Champion. You'll get a free T-shirt. We're still sorting through orders for that as well. So don't worry if you're due a free T-shirt. That is on its way as well. But you can get that signed up. On our Patreon, and you'll find that at patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft. That's patreon.com, P A T R E O N.com forward slash wrestling daft. Let's have you on our roster. Thank you very much. And now it's interview time on the marks. Gary is always out talking to the big people in wrestling and pissing off. Triple H. Um, we're not going to get any more interviews now because of this. You didn't realise this. It'll <laughs> <laughs> uh, be fine. I'll be He's fine. always forgiven. He for, forgave me for the... I mean, I didn't really date in rank, but he forgave me for the page thing and I've been... You know, so I don't think I can do much wrong unless I unless I call my prick on a call, which I'm not going to do because he's a lovely guy. And he would bar you. Aye, um, aye. Well, there is that. Uh, and you caught up with potential YCW uh, fans that listen to the show or know him very well. And for those that don't, you might have seen him pop up in NXT UK. It is the one, it is the only, it is Mr. Andy Wild with Mr. Gary Cassidy. Hi, everyone. Gary Cassidy here. And I'm joined today. I don't need to say it because you can see him. But I'm going to give him an intro anyway. Former ICW Zero G champion, running FPWA right now. I feel like I want to say the dad bod god, but if you've been seeing his Instagram, he's looking very trim. I don't know if we can call him the dad bod god anymore, but we'll get into that in a wee bit. He's just debuted on NXT UK, which we're definitely going to talk about. Andy Wild, how's it going today, Andy? I'm brilliant, mate. Thank you very much for having me on. I do appreciate it, and I and I do appreciate the um the not calling me a dad bod god, even though I need to find a kind of a middle ground name of 
of like I'm trying to help all the dad bod gods out there and trying to get them. We're moving towards summer now, so we all need to trim up a little bit if we want those extra pints. It's such a good name, but the fact like somebody that's you know drank a little <laughs> bit too much beer, ate a wee bit too many takeaways over the past year, I'm like. He's not got a dad bod anymore. That that's not a dad bod nowhere near it. So we might need to think <laughs> of a new name for you. Um, firstly, I'm going to congratulate you on debuting for NXT UK. We're going to talk about that in a wee bit, but I feel like we should start a wee bit further back than that. Um, so I interviewed you a couple of years ago, and I think you just had the match with Stevie Boy Xavier. Um, I'm not sure. I don't think it had aired yet on a ICW Fight Club. Yep. And you were just about to face Mark Coffey at Fear and Loathing 12, I believe it was. Um, I think you were on like night one and night two of that one of them was a tag yep, team match. Yeah, that's right. Um, but for me, the thing, you know, I've I've been watching Scottish wrestling for a long time. I'd seen a lot of Andy Wilde at that point and I had known you were a talented guy. So I don't want to detract from the fact that I already knew you were good. But man, that Stevie Boy Xavier match, like that Thank was you. just, it's the kind of thing where, not just in wrestling, in life, we take so much for granted. You know, we just see things, they entertain us, and it's like, all right, cool. But that match really opened my eyes, and I was just like, this guy needs, or both these guys need to go somewhere. Both these guys deserve to be on a massive platform. Was it the same for you? Did you have that match, and you instantly went, that was good? Or or was it the kind of thing where it took you by surprise when people were really invested in it? You know, for anybody that's kind of met me in wrestling, you'll know from speaking in the past and things, I'm not like a big headed or full of myself kind of guy, but I just, I knew after years and years of kind of fighting my way up through the card in ICW again, after I had that little bit of time out, but I just, I just needed a main event. I knew, I knew I was, I knew where I was. I knew where I could be. I just needed to be allowed to have that opportunity. Like put me in that role. Let me do what I want to do. Put me in with somebody like Stevie and I will show you in however long the match lasts exactly where I belong on the ICW card. And that's what, I, that's what I felt happened that night. It all kind of fell together. My confidence was, I walked, in, I walked into that match thinking, I know who I am for the first time in my wrestling career, which was a big thing for me. And I just wanted to show everybody. And I went out there and, and put on what was probably one of my best matches I've ever had. And um, even at the end of the match, like after Stevie hits me with his finish and wins the match, and, and great, great for him because he's a fantastic, fantastic talent, after the match, we stand up and he hugs me and he just says, "You showed them, didn't you?" And he just like even he said it to me. I didn't, I didn't even g him up. I didn't say anything about it. He goes, "Well, you showed them," and that was it. And it was kind of a mutual, you know. Before we even came backstage, we knew, and there was there was kind of everybody was backstage, and a few people gave us a clap and bits and pieces. So it was a real, a real big turning point for me. And it was actually the match that I sent to sent to WWE to try and get a, a foot in the door at NXT. So. Yeah, it was it, it worked. I think everybody was on the same page as yourself and me on that one. Yeah, we'll definitely talk about the WWE stuff in a little bit. Um, but you know that for me, you know, obviously when there's a championship match and it's not at like a pay per view or a big event, it's kind of like well, we know what way that's gonna go. But that match was one of the ones where it made you yeah. doubt. It just made you doubt and think, man, it might be Andy Wilde's chance here. It might just and. You know, that's props to both you guys for being able to make people believe that it was a possibility. Great, great match. Um, But, you know, of course, you've spent many years in wrestling as a wrestler. You know, that match, you know, it it made everyone believe that it's not just, you know, Andy Wilde's kind of going into the twilight of his career. It's definitely just starting. But you're also helping a lot of people that are just starting their careers as well. 
because we mentioned, yeah. you know, um, FPWA doing great things over there. I think the last time we spoke, you just started it. Talk about a time to start something because I think you got like less than a year in, maybe a year in, and then everything shuts down. What's it been like for you just, you know, starting the full, full business, but also having the thing where you need to adapt the way you're teaching people? You know, we joked about it on here, you had a slightly different name yeah. before you joined the chat, but what has it been like having to teach people through Zoom and having to do all that kind of thing while, you know, the pandemic's been going on? Yeah, I mean, it's been very, very hard, obviously, from uh, a, non, a non-sell. Obviously, we're a business and I wanted the business to grow and I wanted to make money from it. But from a non-selfish point of view, I just couldn't imagine. I've been lucky enough to be involved in wrestling for almost 15 years now. And always that being on a week-by-week basis of getting physical training. I couldn't imagine being that. Think of the lads that have just got in the door. They've worked their asses off. They've got that debut. And then they've just got it all taken away from them. And they can't progress. And they can't get better. And they don't know when it's going to be, when they're going to get another chance to learn. So I was just like, no, we need to do something. So I started doing these webinars I then started making some webinars free to other training schools because I noticed other schools maybe weren't doing it or didn't have the facilities to do so. So I thought maybe we can get some people involved. And then um, I started offering it to outside of FBWA and we ended up doing two a week. Now, it, it became very, very hard, even though I love wrestling and I've got a lot to say about wrestling. I've got a lot of ideas on how wrestling works. And I feel I maybe have a different point of view from the upbringing I've had in, in wrestling to some other people. And I had a lot to say and to put over, but oh, that only lasts for about six months where you can find <laughs> stuff to say and break things down. So we started doing these, um, we started getting people involved, guest coaches and things like that. And, and we just picked people's brains. And what surprised me the most about lockdown, it was something I knew in the back of my head, but you never really like reach out to people. There's so many people that want to help. You know, I mean, like I'm, I'm messaging Nick Aldis. I haven't spoken to him in years. We go way back, but I've never really chatted to him we throw each other an odd like and a Merry Christmas here and there, but that's it. And I messaged him and he's like, yeah, absolutely. I'll do it. When, when do you want me on? And he, and he, you know him, he can just talk and talk and talk. So it's, it's crazy to think that like we're in a position where, yes, we can't really train, but at the end of just one of these video calls, we could have the NWA heavyweight champion, you know, who's happy to help progress people. So yeah, it's been hard, but the doors are now back open. We're starting to do contactless training and um, if Nicola keeps her word and everything keeps going in the right direction, we should be getting back to contact training as of July, which is going to be, I mean, some of the students who got involved during lockdown did non-contact training. So they've never really done roly polies and running the ropes. They've never actually, they've never been slammed yet. You know, they've maybe taken a back bump and done it themselves, but they've never been forcefully put through the mat. So they've got an exciting time ahead for them. So it's, it's, it's a really exciting time. I've just got in my imagination, two trainees, Going into a lockup and all you guys cheering because you've not seen a lockup for like for so long. But that's um, so you know the, the thing where you end up you, you open a school, you've got a load of people training away, and then lockdown hits. And 2020 was just insane for British wrestling because you know you're speaking out, and then you know just for the the sake of a year happening, there's so many wrestlers that just kind of fell away. Maybe different priorities. You need to. Like you said, business-wise, you need to make money. You need to do what's best for you and a family. So one of the things that I loved for 2020, you mentioned, you know, NXT UK and ICW. It's been the same with both. NXT UK, the ones that I always related to was a tag team called Pretty Deadly. And those guys, I believe, hadn't won a match in NXT UK 
before everything shut down. They'd been on a few house shows and stuff like that. They'd been showing that they were, you know, I hate the term, a good hand, but that's like the perfect example of what they were. You know, they were making everyone else look good. Weren't they quite getting the rub themselves? Then everything opens, or no, everything opens back up, but then NXT UK at least goes to the BT Sports Studios and those guys just end up, you know, coming on leaps and bounds. They're now tag team champions. ICW, you've got it with the likes of Craig Anthony, Daz Black, who are putting on amazing work. You've obviously got a lot of trainees that are kind of powering through as well. Who for you, you know, you've been through watching all of Scottish and British wrestling. Who for you are you looking at right now going, man, when there's crowds back in the building, they're just going to take the world by storm? Oh, there's so, there, there is so many. I know that's kind of a, that's not a cop off for just not <laughs> naming people because I will name people. But to talk, to start talking about the pretty, pretty deadly guys, if you ever have the opportunity to be around them, two of the, the most hardworking guys you've ever met in your life. I've, I've, I have, I've, Met them in passing. I, I wouldn't say I was friendly with them, but I've, I've said hello and things. But I spent some time with them on those camps. And honestly, they just do not stop working from the second they get up to the second. I mean, look at the amount of stuff they put out on socials. I mean, that's a full-time job in itself. But to go back to your question, Scottish wrestling-wise, um, Jason Reed for me, has been somebody who has relentlessly stayed on top of his wrestling career throughout lockdown. It isn't easy. It isn't easy to stay on top of it, and it isn't easy to progress, and he's progressed massively. Like you said, Daz Black, he is unbelievable, raw talent. He's a really, really, really good talent. You can't leave Leighton out as much as I have my own qualms with him in our in our <laughs> um, in ICW at the moment. You can't take away who Leighton is. I mean, for, for ourselves, for our own training school, um, we've got there's a young lad called Omar Mohammed. Yeah. Um, he calls himself the Asian sensation and he's done a little bit of enhancement style work with ICW as well. And then um, he's going to be, he's going to be fantastic. We actually have a really good high flyer called Talon Jr. Now different to other high flyers, uh, um, Talon is about six foot odd and he's very slim, but very in shape, but he can fly about like, like nobody's business. And the last person I'll give a little mention to is we actually have a, a 17 year old female student called uh, Harmony Sky. And Harmony has been training with uh, an old Scottish wrestler called Johnny Lyons um, for a good four years now. So she's been training since she was about 13 and then uh, recently started training with myself. And honestly, as soon once she makes her debut, she's she's ready for a debut now. But we need to obviously after this lockdown and things get her, get the ring rust off and stuff. But see, once she's made her debut, I, I honestly think that she will bypass so much talent in this country because she's absolutely unbelievable. It's, she's a very, very, very good wrestler. I'm just taking notes there. Talon Junior, Harmony Sky. I know who the Asian sensation is already. Uh, yeah. Absolutely love him, but I'm taking notes there to keep an eye on them. Yeah, uh, pretty deadly for me. I always say it. I love the guys. They're the best and the worst interview you'll ever get because they're yeah, obviously just both, both so into each other and amazing at putting each other over. It's just like, oh my God, but they're so good. Um, so, you know, we're going to get an NXT UK. ICW mentioned there as well. One of the biggest things about ICW, I don't think anyone will doubt it, has always been the fans. So when it comes to ICW returning, and man, I was so delighted to see ICW returning. But when you hear that they're coming back, going to be filming an asylum with no fans, there's a wee bit of hesitation there. You know, you're like, I don't know how this is going to go down. It's been absolutely brilliant. Obviously on the WWE Network and Peacock as well now. So, so many more eyes on the product. If you've not got the 50 guys in the asylum watching it, You've got, you know, thousands, maybe a million that it's available to. 
what has it been like being back and working with no fans there, but knowing that you're seeing so many more people or so many more people are seeing you? Yeah, I mean, it's amazing. It's an amazing opportunity to think like, like a, it's a hard, it's a hard position for a lot of the younger lads because they haven't really, they maybe haven't debuted and they're debuting on the network. I mean, that's just bonkers when you think about it. I mean, when you look at British wrestling and you're, you're used to the kind of paying your dues bit of, of wrestling in front of like 20 people at a British Legion for the first kind of two or three years, debuting on the network is, is a huge thing. But I think it's a, a really, really good opportunity to fast track talent. Yeah. There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with, I mean, with the NXT um, brand opening up and taking away a lot of very good established talent, it left a little, a little bit of maybe space for people to come through. And that wasn't maybe happening. There was maybe a lot of, like you said, some people have now disappeared that were involved in wrestling before that were maybe taking some of those seats and uh, that, that could have been filled by um, talent that deserved the place in the show. And now, and now you'll see those people moving forward. So in that regard, I think it's an amazing thing for myself wrestling in front of like no people is not a hard thing because like I said, I grew up in a, I started wrestling in 2006 where for the first five years of your wrestling career, you wrestle for everybody you can. And that means driving 10 hours to wrestle for a show in a, in a British Legion, then driving back and being absolutely buzzing about it. But you've only wrestled in front of eight people. Six of them were people's girlfriends and you know, that was it, you know, it was, yeah. So we're used to that, but no, it's, it's great to know that now everything that, I put out in terms of ICW is getting seen by, by WWE and also getting seen by much more fans. And you see that reflect in your, in your social media as well. You see a lot more interaction from people outside of Scotland, but I've got to say, I, I do when I'm on that treadmill in the mornings, I do speed up my running. As I think about that, that, that murmur when you're backstage and you hear Billy Kirkwood blindly, blindly swearing down a microphone at thousands of people, just getting them ready. And then the, the camera's going, I'm really looking forward to that first, I hope I'm out first. Everybody wants the main event, but I think on that first show back, I would really like that first match out, maybe against somebody like a Stevie and just remind everybody what ICW is. That's one thing though, man. You guys must be like, how annoying. Billy Kirkwood's going to get the biggest pop ever. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. like none of the wrestlers are getting the biggest pop. Billy Kirkwood is getting the biggest pop ever when it's the first show back. Uh, but good on him because man, what a hardworking guy as well. Um, yeah, so we mentioned, yeah, you know, you kind of gave us a little teaser about the NXT UK thing. You said the tape that you sent to WWE in order to kind of try and get your foot in the door. But I want to ask, how did you get your foot in the door? How did it all come about? You know, you've, you've just debuted on the network. You've said you've done a wee bit of extra work, but how did it all come about? Well, I, I was lucky enough to be involved in a WWE tryout in the Manchester Evening News Arena in 2017. Um, I went, did the tryout, and very like a lot of people, it was a thanks, see you later, you might hear from us, you might never hear from us, which in my case was you never hear from us. So I went away and worked on myself, and luckily, I, I think my biggest problem in wrestling as I grew up through wrestling as a young kind of mid-20s guy was I didn't know who I was, you know, as a person, I didn't know who I was. And it was very hard to have the confidence to realize who you were as a performer. As I became a father and I matured as a person, I started to realize who I, who I am as a man and realized that, yes, maybe I'm heavier than everybody else. Yes, maybe I'm not as fast as everybody else, but by God, I'm just as talented. And by God, I can do everything they can do if put in the right roles. So I thought to myself, how am I going to do that? So I thought, I'm just going to have to work for it. So I, had, I genuinely thought to myself, I, I just need to be the hardest worker in the room. It doesn't matter who that is there. I just have to be. And that is not easy 
when you're in a room with people like Joe Coffey and Mark Coffey and Wolfgang and all these lads that are just unbelievable talents. But I worked and worked away at it. And then I tried to build myself up through cards. Discovery Wrestling was a really, really big turning point for me because they were the first company to, to just give me the ball and let me run with it. And that kind of culminated in a probably one of my favorite matches again um, with the main event against Joe Coffey for the wide division title. Um, kind of fast forward to that match with Stevie. And like you said, I just knew as soon as I went backstage, I just knew like if I'm going to now resend something over, that's the match. Like that's me going in there and showing them this is who Andy Wilde is. Um, so I go way back with Johnny Moss. He's the head coach at the UK Performance Center. Now, I've known Mossy for a, a very long time because I started my training at Hammerlock, which was a, a wrestling school in the south of England in Kent. And Mossy was like their guy. But we've, we just kind of kept in touch over the years. And I thought to myself, look, I'll just send it to Mossy because I wanted feedback more than anything. Like I wanted to, to continue to, to progress. And he said, look, he gave me some really, really good feedback in terms of like things I could work on. But he also said, look, can't promise you anything. But um, if something was to come up and we needed a heavyweight to come in and do something for us, I'll give you a shout, which I thought was a very nice generic answer that you'd send yeah. to somebody that you've known for a long time. So I thought that that was very nice of him. And then that was it. And then during lockdown, um, th this has become quite a long story, but during lockdown, I, I work as a, a car salesman. So I work a 60 hour working week. So I'm six days a week, nine in the morning till six at night. So I'd always said to people, look, if I just had a bit more time, I'd be in better shape. Like this is the best shape I can be in for my, for my kind of working life. So as soon as lockdown came, I thought to myself, well, I, can't, I can't not get in better shape now because <laughs> I've been shouting from the rooftops for years. If I just had a bit more time, I'd get in shape. So I just thought I'll get my head down and get myself in shape. And that's what I did for a long, long, long time. And then I was just standing at work and talking to a customer. My phone vibrated and I went to the toilet, checked it. And it was it was a message from Mossy saying, would you like to come in as an extra talent for NXT UK? Um, I burst out crying, which everybody yes, always yes, does in those kind of scenarios. I was just like, <gasps> and I, I like shaking and everything. I ran out and I phoned my missus and I was like, I just got the message. And she's like, what are you talking about? I was like, I've got the message. And she's like, Andrew, what are you talking about? I don't know. And I'm like, from WWE. She's like, you're joking. Because it's like, obviously, Hannah's not a wrestling fan, but when you've been together for a long time, your dreams become their dreams yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. So, um, so yeah. And then I, I got the opportunity to go down and train with them. For a few days and then and then debut against Kenny Williams which was a nice kind of a full circle thing because I helped him or tried to help him as much as I could early on in his career as well so it was a nice kind of full circle to stand across the ring from him and um, with WWE logos everywhere which was a really nice yeah nice that, that was one thing that I had to ask because it was Kenny Williams that was your opponent I know he's not the only person in that locker room that you've wrestled that you know for you know all your years on the circuit what was it like going down there? Was it the kind of thing where you're just like, man, it's just everyone I know. Like, did it, did that take away from the kind of dream thing where it's like WWE logos everywhere and, and stuff like that? Did it feel like just being in a locker room you've always been in? Or did it still feel like that really special thing where it just felt so big? Oh, no, it felt super special. I know you've been to the Performance Centre, haven't you? You were there with the when they did the media kind of stuff, didn't they? No, I, I sadly didn't get to go to the Performance Centre. I went to the BT Sports Studios. That's so I got I to see you, a match yeah. in that. I really want to go to the Performance Centre because, man, what a, what a facility that looks well, like. It looks incredible. Like you said, you've got that kind of feeling of, like, you arrive at the hotel, you see people that you know, so that's comforting. Yeah. But then you get to this Performance Centre, and it's so American in terms of size, you know? Nothing yeah. in Britain is big, especially in wrestling. Like, we have our ICWs, and we have our 
are kind of bigger companies, but they're still small in comparison to what America is. And then you walk into this performance center and there's two rings set up, a full gym area, TVs, you know, you you look behind the curtain, there's the London taxis for the sets for SmackDown and stuff. It's just, you just kind of look around and you're just like, this is just unbelievable. And I just found myself the whole time I was there, people coming up going, like, you're right. Like people were checking on me. You're okay. I'm just going, this is just, this is just mental. <laughs> it's just crazy. And I was loving, and I was just, they're like, you're okay. And I'm like, yeah, I'm just trying to, I, I want to take it all in. Yeah. Just I want, soak everything yeah. in by real there. Just yeah. so you don't forget like it. <laughs> exactly. And if, you kind of stand there thinking to yourself because what, when you, when you're involved in wrestling for a long time, you start to understand that things might, things don't always, nothing really happens out of things that you do because of the way it is, you know, yeah. you'll get a phone call. Oh, we're going to put you in this match with such and such. And then the, the date comes and you're not even on the show and you're like, all oh, right, you know, this is how it goes. So you stand there and I thought, if this is all I ever do, if this is the only thing I ever do in wrestling, I'm going to enjoy every second I did. It was absolutely brilliant at the performance center. Yeah. That's for me. That's the one thing where, you know, I've seen the performance center and it's like, man, it looks like a great facility. But for me, I went down to the, the, it was like the BT Sports launch and they just put a ring in the middle of the BT Sports studios that is now where they film NXT UK. But at that point, it was just for a wee event. They had like Sheamus versus Andrade. They had like Charlotte versus Nikki Cross. And then they had like um, Gallus versus uh, British Strong Style and Ilya Dragunov. And it was just like, it's like, what an amazing venue this is. An amazing showcase thing. And it was just like, there should be more in this. And now there is, and obviously that's yeah. where you've just wrestled. Um, the one thing that I've heard about that, because I've been asking a lot since, whenever I interview NXT UK talent, I ask about, you know, certain things that go on there. And the one that always sticks out for me, I'm not sure if this was the case for your match or not, because I don't know that much. Um, but I know that one of the things they always mention is the voice of God. And it's Shawn Michaels speaking over the, <laughs> over the tannoy to kind of, direct things here and there and, and kind of produce but it's not just Shawn Michaels because you've got the likes of Johnny Saint you know you mentioned uh, Johnny Moss as well who obviously is quite a big name he's uh, is by no yeah. means a, a small fry in this industry at all did you have Shawn Michaels did you have any of those kind of guys helping direct you what was that experience like having you know working with these big names yeah I, everybody's gonna laugh or any of the boys will laugh now when they kind of see this bit because they'll know how much I want to tell this story. So um, Shawn Michaels was, is the producer for the whole thing. So um, I had my enhancement match. I was told beforehand, like, listen, you're in to do what you're, you're here to do. Once they say clear, just move out the way and they'll maybe speak to Alan. Uh, sorry, they'll maybe speak to Kenny, excuse me. They may speak to Kenny and then that'll be it. But they'll very rarely interact with you. You're just kind of, and I'm like, right, I sound, I know what I'm here for. So we have the match, which is just a six-minute enhancement match. You know, you've been wrestling your whole life. I've never really had that. Like, as you know, I've been, like, kind of mid to high card in ICW, but I've never really had that moment. That hasn't come. It felt like it was starting to come as I had that match with Stevie and then the world shut down and whatnot. So I have this kind of six-minute uh, enhancement match, and then um, they go clear. They go, oh, and then Shawn Michaels comes over, the kind of speakers, and they go, he goes, great match, guys. Oh, Andy Wild, man, that was amazing. That was really good. And, you know, you stand there, and you're like, they, first of all, they said, look, the speech is only one way, so you can only really smile. So I'm just at the cat. Like, thanks, thanks, Mr. HBK, kind of thing. But also, it then starts, I then start to become quite overwhelmed because it's like, I always, I always thought I'd have that moment in front of thousands of fans at ICW yeah. and it would be Andy, Andy, or something. I don't know. 
But then just to hear my name in Shawn Michaels' mouth, it's it just bonkers. And then he spoke to Kenny, and then he spoke to me again and just congratulated me again. And I walked backstage, and I was just in absolute hysterics. Like, everybody's coming over to give you the G up and shake your hand. And I was like, I just, I literally need to go and stand in this cupboard here <laughs> and just cry like a child for, like, because it was it was 15 years just paid off. You know, you'll see my socials. Fifth, I train in the mornings before work. I coach after work. Every single rep, every single session, every single long drive, late night, tiredness, all paid off in six minutes. And an American guy that I idolized as a child saying, well done, Andy. And it all paid off in one one minute. You know, it was just, it's just bonkers. The whole setup is bonkers when you really take a step back and realize where we were three years ago or four years ago, you know? I love that. that it's like, you know, not that I'm going to end your career prematurely here, but when you look back at the, you know, the end of your career, it might not be like, oh, that world title match. It might be that time in an empty studio where Shawn Michaels liked my yeah. six-minute enhancement talent match, yeah. which, is, yeah. which did, is incredible. You do you do two forearms and a belly-to-belly -belly in front of the <laughs> greatest performer of all time when he tells you you're good. I mean, that's it. I'm fine now. I can retire. I'm, I'm sound. Matt, that just shows making the most of your minutes because exactly. they weren't many minutes, but if you liked it, then that's more validation than anyone else can ever give you. It kind of goes, it goes full circle because I actually, um, I was very lucky and I got to interview Sean Michaels recently and I asked him about, you know, the amount of people that say Sean Michaels is the best in-ring worker ever and everyone says it, but he's like, I hate to say it, it doesn't really mean much apart from when it comes to, you know, Ric Flair or people like that, Like because <laughs> exactly. I just I accept that everyone likes different things, but it's like, oh, okay, that's insane that, you know, the validation comes. So it's kind of a similar situation with you because the validation has come from Shawn Michaels, yeah, which exactly his opinion means more than mine or anyone else ever will. <laughs> and exactly. we're all okay with that. Um, exactly. So, of course, you know, you mentioned how much an incredible, you know, situation it was getting to go down there, getting to be part of just, you know, WWE for a start and getting to train at the facilities. Getting the kind words for Shawn Michaels is definitely massive. Circling kind of around, do you think we'll see more of Andy Wilde in WWE? Would you like us to see more? I assume the dream situation would be you get signed, become a WWE superstar, but what do you see going forward? Yeah, well, I've lucky lucky enough. I mean, as you know, these these shows are recorded way in advance. So that, that match with Kenny was recorded about 10 weeks ago or 11 weeks ago. And I was lucky enough to, uh, with, with, in that case, I was involved in doing the match and being, being brought in a few days beforehand. Off the back of that, I got offered the most recent camp, which finished just recently, where I got the full two weeks. So they invited me back down to train with them for the full training camp, which is nine days at the Performance Center, and then and then do TVs again. So you will see me again on TV. Obviously, no spoilers on, on the matches and things, but you will see me again. And I think I think for me that the I do want to be part of NXT. For me, NXT UK gets a lot of stick. It gets a lot of stick from wrestlers. It gets a lot of stick from fans. But to me, from actually spending time there, as opposed to being from the outside looking in, it really is just a group of British wrestlers, British and European wrestlers, that love wrestling, want to build the scene, want to build their brand, and just want to work hard, just the same way that they did when they were working on independent scenes. And nothing's changed. All that's changed is that they're putting that work in and getting a full-time wage from it. You know, that that's that's the only difference. And it will not, in my opinion, affect independent wrestling negatively because they now have, with all this young talent, now has WWE stars who are one phone call away from Shawn Michaels for, for, 
for opinion and for guidance to guide them, you know? So, I mean, I was there, I've been there now probably what, 25 days in total or something between the two camps. And I've learned more in those 25 days about me and about wrestling and little tweaks and little things that you can do and things that you can make more out of stuff and, and the difference between independent wrestling and TV wrestling in that time, I've learned more than I have in the last five years or so. So it really will just build for everybody. Yeah. But for me, my sole um, goal now every day is to, to become an NXT UK star, hopefully a star, or even maybe a champion. Who knows? Or yeah, an enhancement like, talent. That's good as well. <laughs> yeah, you wouldn't complain about that if you get Shawn no, Michaels no, after happy. every match telling you, oh, by the way, as long as, he gives, as long as he gives me the GF after every match, I'll have to put that in my contract. You know? When he, he comes back and he's like, who's the best enhancement talent? I know. It's Andy Wilde. Let it's me get Andy Wilde, yeah. I'll take that. I'll take that. <laughs> so I've only got a couple more questions. Firstly, I need to say, man, having to wait 10 weeks to be able to post that you were on NXT UK oh. is that must have been hell. <laughs> that must have been you know, absolutely it's so painful because I've got so many I've got so many mates as well that I haven't really to, I hadn't really told that I've missed their I've missed their stag dues, I've missed their weddings, I've missed their kids' birthdays and things over the years because they've supported me with wrestling. They've been like, go for it man, do this, do that. And you just want to say to them, mind all those times I missed all that stuff. Thanks for helping me out because look where it's got me. It's paid um, off, yeah. It's been really hard. And my son actually, I put it on my socials, but he did a little piece in his in his school newspaper about wrestling. My dad, the famous wrestler, it was wow. called, right? And I'm like, you didn't mention WWE though, did you? And he's like, <laughs> eh, no, I didn't think so. And I was like, listen, I don't want the Colton of Weems Primary School to have the inside <laughs> scoop on my debut for the biggest company in the world for professional wrestling. He's like. No, I don't, we'll just have to wait to see till the newspaper comes out and we'll have a look. And luckily, he hadn't not that it makes a difference, but he hadn't mentioned anything. He'd only mentioned about Joe Coffey and how rich he thinks he is. So that was quite uh, that was quite funny. But, but, well, yeah. I, I tell you what, um, you've gave me a new in. I need to start contacting schools and asking the sons of wrestlers in Scotland Absolutely. if they've you'll been wrestling the, for WWE. That's how I get my scoops now. You'll um, definitely get the truth anyway. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, one more question. I, I, I think I need to say as well, on that note, you mentioned NXT UK. For me, I think people were so over the moon, and I don't want to bury this company, but people were so over the moon with World of Sport. And they, for me, were great at putting, you know, wrestling in primetime slot, amazing polished kind of product and shining a light on UK wrestling. I don't think NXT UK is much different for that. I feel like they've essentially gave us what was missing, the eyes and then the nice production. And then you've got yeah. British wrestlers doing what they were doing yeah. for, for the past 20 years. Um, but I'm not going to... I feel like this question, it might sound a bit loaded. I don't want you to pull the NXT UK championship up and, and say that that's <laughs> the answer. Um, I hate the question that everyone always asks about dream matches. But I don't know if Andy Wilde has maybe been asked about a dream match with a WWE superstar yet. If Andy Wilde was to get signed by WWE, for some reason they're like, man, Andy, here's the book. You get to write down your dream opponent. Let's say an NXT UK one and let's say just someone overall as well. Who would be the two opponents that you're like, I need a singles match with this NXT UK guy and this Raw Smackdown NXT guy? Well, I think I think the NXT UK guy would have to be Noam because we we go we've had just I mean every key point in my career when I've looked up he's been standing across the ring for me even at the NXT thing I walk into the performance center and who's the first person I lock eyes with it's Noam who is the first person he locked eyes with when he came in through the door at training 
me. So there's always that there's that feeling of of when he was 15 and I was 19. I think that's about the age gap. We'd sit in cars and we'd talk about getting to WWE and things like that. And it kind of happens, you know. So well, it did happen. I mean, we're both there at the performance center, and obviously he's got his uh, really really good career there. So yeah, to stand across the ring from him more than anything on that side of things would just be a whole. We did it. You know what I mean? Two lads from Scotland who travelled from wherever we travelled to get to our training school. The first people to get there, the last people to leave. We did it. I think for the for the all time one, this is a crazy one, right? Because um, people always pull out their Triple H's and their Shawn Michaels and their Ric Flair's, and I understand why. I get it. But for me, when I started watching wrestling, Rey Mysterio really captured me as a performer. And it wasn't till I started learning to wrestle that I realised that. I really liked being the guy that Rey Mysterio was wrestling, if that yeah. makes sense. So I liked all his stuff. But then when I started to understand what wrestling was, I thought, God, I could be that guy. I'm your, I'm your guy from underneath. I'm your Dean Malenko. I'm your, your kind of William Regal, you know, these good bases. So, yeah, I think my dream match, my big payoff match of like if I could just pick one and be given 20 minutes or whatever would be to give that match that, that kind of brought me in and, and wouldn't let me go of, a guy trying to pin Mysterio to the mat and throw him about when he and he tries to pick up momentum. That's my real kind of dream match structure and opponent, I feel. Man, I love that because that is like, we don't often think that. We always think our favourite wrestlers, but you never think of the guy that's actually putting in, not putting in the work, because obviously both guys are putting in the work, but the guy that's making them look good. And as you've said... Yeah. Sean Michael's favorite enhancement talent facing Rey Mysterio would be there. We go. <laughs> would be there we not go. a bad day. Uh, I'm going to change think... my Twitter handle now to <laughs> Sean Michael's favorite enhancement talent. <laughs> I think that I think we can throw Dad Bodgod out there, and then yeah, uh, you can it. just have that HBK's favorite enhancement talent. There sorted. we go. We've done it. We've done it. Yeah, man. Well, thank you so much for chatting to me. It's been an absolute pleasure. I can't wait thank to you. see. I was going to say I hope we'll see more of you in WWE. But we know that we will. We, do. Yeah, <laughs> we know will. we'll see at least a little bit more, but hopefully after that we see a lot more as well. Hopefully yeah. I'll chat to you again. If not, as we are right now, maybe through WWE. You never know. Maybe. Uh, yeah. But yeah, thank you so much, man. And I hope everyone thank gets you. to see you doing absolutely everything that you've been doing for the past 15 years, but on the WWE Network. Thank you very much, mate. I really appreciate you bringing me on. <laughs> So that's it for this week's show. Two-man booth, how do you think we did, Gary? Not too bad. I, I, I do feel like we missed the presence of Alex because, you know, he is seven feet tall as, uh, as well, we would build him if we were yeah, WWE. Well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, seven feet tall. Annie, after last week's show, maybe we, we should have fed it out like uh, kayfabe it a bit, saying that he's been banned after his mildly racist comments. <laughs> uh, but Alex does not want that to stick, by the way. So don't uh, say it. Failed a... Uh, a wellness test in the past yeah, exactly. 24 hours <laughs> exactly exactly so uh, yeah did alright uh, Alex will be back hopefully next week um, please continue to rate, review subscribe on Apple wherever you get your podcast. we say that every week but we really would appreciate a little 5 star review and just say Gary Cassidy is the best person on a wrestling podcast anywhere and that's what you just need to type up I don't know. Ah, if, if you're all right with Lion, then uh, definitely do yeah. that. That would be appreciated. And, you know, going, if you want to just type on Gary Casty has the best body of any wrestling <laughs> podcast journalist, check out his... Oh, no, I'm not sure. Big Chris Van Vliet is built like a tank. Ah, yeah. He is, uh, my God, that guy uh, could, be a, could be a wrestler. Yeah. 
at, at Wrestling Gary for Gary's Twitter, and you'll get lots of up to date wrestling nonsense. And at this point, lots of football nonsense from Gary as well, because we're totally into the Euros, the two of us. Mainly me greeting about Steve Clark's uh, team selection. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Just out of interest, who'd you go for the England game? Give us your team lineup. I know this is not football, Daft. Apologies, everyone. So, what I would have chose yesterday if uh, Kieran Tierney was fit, would have been. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I might change my keeper now, but it would have been David Marshall in goals. I might. Uh, I might change that after the second goal yesterday. After he decided to play midfield, I. Aye, would have been uh, Marshall. I'd have probably went. I know that this is the one that would be. You know, people will say Liam Cooper. I'd have went Grant Hanley. I quite like him in the middle. Again, I'd maybe change that now, but I went Hanley, Tierney, Jack Hendry, uh, because I thought he played like, brilliant against uh, Holland. Um, I, w- I would go Robertson on the left. And I, annoyingly, before yesterday, I would have went Stephen O'Donnell and I'd have brought in Billy Gilmer as a sub. Billy Gilmer, sorry. Nathan Patterson as a sub. Yeah. I would no start Nathan Patterson. I think you might as well. Even if we get pumped off England 5-0, I mean, you might as well do it in a blaze of glory. Um, I would definitely go... Scott McTominay and Billy Gilmer in the in the defensive mid. I would go John McGinn slightly further forward. And then, of course, Lyndon Dykes, Shea Adams. Right. Or maybe Ryan Fraser. I mean, he's brilliant as well, but I would, that would have been my team. And then bring on uh, Ryan Fraser for a wee, bit of, a wee bit of pace. There we go. Bit of football daft meets wrestling daft there for you. Good team, Gary. Uh, talking of wrestling, however, Grado and Rab are back on the main show. Uh, and the list of wrestling daft is the best debuts. And Kane is banned before you say Kane. Because everyone's got to say Kane. Aside from Kane, who's your favourite debut? I'm very biased here. I'm saying Taz. I fucking love Taz. Oh, and I knew Keep your Kanes. Uh. I should have second guessed that one. Aye. Chris Jericho's good as well, but I'm, I'm a big Taz guy. You know the Taz debut was outstanding. Have we done this before? Because these are all... Yes, we have indeed. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Please, if you've got any suggestions for the list of wrestling matches, I clearly keep going back to the well on this. I remember because I said the exact same thing that I'm going to say <laughs> now. One that's, uh, one that's underrated is I loved uh, Gallows and Anderson because they came in with street clothes, name music, and just laid out, I think it was those ones, um, yeah. which is exactly what I said the first time we done it. So <laughs> oh, I, loved en- I loved Enzo and Cass's debut on the main roster because the pop was ph- phenomenal and they just basically went and cut up promo on the, the Dudleys it was great uh, so there we go that's what you're we've done it before so <laughs> have plenty of to contribute on that uh, remember get Patreon uh, get extra content patreon.com forward slash wrestling daft you can buy t-shirts as well of course shop.special.co.uk forward slash wrestling daft you'll get all the designs up there we need to get more of those as well I've been very lazy recently apologies uh, so lazy just working very hard just working very hard <laughs> working I'm like doing about three or four podcasts at the moment plus my shoot job as well so um brilliant guy thanks as ever um enjoy the euros hopefully this time next week we're celebrating a scotland victory over england and uh, in fact we might have to talk about next week because we're playing croatia on the tuesday so there might not be a wrestling daft marks next week as a result of that we'll keep you posted on that uh, but until next time keep marking out audio frontier